Yeah, it was a solid day. Played played well. Um, had my chances. You know, played the last eight holes and went over. Which you know, whenever you give yourself a you know a chance and got within like three, obviously not the way you want to finish. But um, played well. It was you know some of those pin positions on the back nine were tricky. You know, and tough to get close to. And um, yeah, I mean overall, it's been a, a good weekend, a, a decent week, um, something to build on uh, going into the PGA. Yeah, I mean, I, he's a way too good a player to lose his card. Um, so he's a he's a really good player. Um, he, yeah, I honestly, when you look at him play, you think he should have done better than he has. I think that's sort of you know how he looks, how he swings it, his whole demeanor. Um, but you know, sometimes it just takes guys a little bit longer to sort of figure their games out and and you know. I guess live up to their potential, but he's definitely seems to you know have come into his own over the last couple of years. Not much, just go home, spend a week a week at home, and then um, head up to the PGA um, Sunday or Monday. Uh, that's really it. Yeah, yeah, I'm playing good, playing really good. Um, no complaints with the game. Everything feels pretty solid. Uh, as I said, just a couple little things here and there coming coming down the stretch. A couple of miss, couple of miss putts. Um, but really, apart from that, you know, I, I feel like the game's in, in good shape. I feel like, geez, all year it's just been, you know, it's been wind or rain or a combination of both. It's, um, I think hopefully, you know, Tulsa might be hot, but I'm looking forward to hopefully not having to get the umbrella out for a while. Uh, week off, Memorial Canada U.S. Open Travelers. So four in a row after that, yeah. I'm really happy with where my game is. Um, I think just another week of, of practicing and playing. and um, I can't really put my finger on any of my approach games much better than it has been. Uh, yeah, I think like little things that aren't really, a, you know, like shot selection, like, you know, the shot selection into 16 there, trying to hit a hard wedge and not quite getting all of it, hitting the slope, spinning back to the front of the green. You know, you hit a three-quarter nine-iron, that maybe doesn't happen. So it's not even, it's not, you know, sometimes it's just like picking the right shot at the right time, stuff like that. But that's not, that's only stuff that you can learn from playing tournament golf, I guess. It's a very, very good golf course. Uh, I'm so impressed with how the course has held up under the conditions the last few days. Greens are perfect. I mean, the fairways today were not really soggy at all wasn't really much you know many mud balls uh we probably could have played the ball down today which is insane considering the the conditions we've had so yeah really really impressed overall Rory McIlroy addressing the media after his solo fifth place finish at the Wells Fargo Championship yesterday what's going on folks welcome to the Fairways of Life show pleasure to have your company thank you for all the kind comments for our coverage on ESPN plus PGA Tour Live uh, over the last week. It's been really fun and heading out again this week. We'll be doing the coverage for the Byron Nelson and looking forward to it. I was looking, I was working with Andres Gonzalez all week and he is such a cool dude. He is so good at what he does. He's playing this week in Knoxville, but he's, he's a really intelligent guy and he has great insight. He, they don't, he doesn't need me to do, to do anything because he can do both roles. He's that talented at what he's doing. So I was really lucky to be uh, 
partnered up with him over the course of this last week. Now, we always, week in and week out, partner up with PGA Tour Radio to get their insights, particularly in retrospect on what took place at PGA Tour events. This week, Earl Forsey was joined by Mark Carnevale. Now, it is a hometown game for Earl Forsey, and for Carney, he grew up in that area too. And gents, it was a long week, it was a cold week, it was a wet week, all those things that Rory McIlroy was alluding to. And it was a week that we normally aren't at TPC Potomac. It's all because of the President's Cup. But in a lot of ways, when it was all said and done, we saw some great golf and what a week it was. Well, Matt, thanks. My hometown this week, Washington, D.C. The weather did not cooperate at all, but what a lot of fun it was to get back to TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm for one year only for the Wells Fargo Championship. Alongside was Mark Carnival, who grew up in the area in Annapolis and in Kearney. Golf was back outside the nation's capital again at a very tough golf course, and it was tough conditions as well as Max Homa gutted things out for a second win this season. Well, it was great to be back here at, at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm, and I had special memories here, obviously, not only growing up in Annapolis, but playing uh, in the old Kemper Open uh, in this event on this golf course. It's been renovated uh, since I played here, and I really think it's a tough, really challenging golf course. And, you know, a lot of disappointments this week, I think. Jason Day, who got off to such a great start, looked so comfortable after 36 holes and then just struggled in that third round, like a lot of players did in some very tough conditions. But, yeah, it was a battle out there. I mean, Friday with the rain, Saturday with the rain, cold on Sunday. Uh, This golf course showed its teeth. These players know that they've played a challenging week. They're going to be pretty tired both physically and mentally uh, after this week. Quick things about what happened Sunday. First, Keegan Bradley had the lead early double. He made a couple of double bogeys and 0 for 4 now with a 54-hole lead in his career. Uh, look, it's so hard. I mean, obviously, I've been doing this. You've been doing this for so long. But I just it seems like Keegan took some chances when he didn't need to. I always believe you have to risk losing in order to win. But he made some questionable decisions with some shots that I think really uh, put him in a bad spot, particularly with both those double bogeys at the par 5 second and then at the par 5, par 4, 12, par 4 11. But I tell you what was impressive, though. He bounced back after those, which shows a lot about Keegan Bradley. Uh, he has certainly got some desire. He's got plenty of talent, but I think some he may look back on those decisions as you know maybe the reason why he didn't go on to victory. And Max Homa, the the winner, was so solid. Not just Sunday, Carney. Go back to the tough conditions on Saturday too, uh, when there was relentless rain and only four players broke par. Really, the whole weekend, Max Homa was the most solid of anyone, and he ends up with the second win this season. Now, he made mistakes like everybody else in this field, made some bogeys, but he never looked out of control. He never looked flustered. He never looked nervous. Quite frankly, he looked confident the whole time we were watching him, and that putting stroke was as confident as I've seen anybody's. uh, Really made some good putts, made some smart decisions, and really uh, very fortunate went on and and grabbed this victory, I think, uh, and got his fourth win on the PGA Tour. It was a special day for him. He's now a four-time winner on his PGA Tour career, and two wins a season for Max Homa now, Matt, and we go to the Lone Star State next for next week's AT&T Byron Nelson in Texas. Very much looking forward to it, guys. PGA Tour Radio can be heard week in and week out on the PGA Tour app. Uh, it's free and it's workable. It works all over the world. It's the same for PGATour.com. It, you can hear it for free and it works all over the world. Or if you subscribe in North America to Satellite Service Sirius XM. Now, that final leaderboard, Max Homa finishing on the mark of eight under par. 
tied for second at six under par. Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Young, and Keegan Bradley. Keegan having some trouble down the stretch to finish. Uh, He was asked about that second place finish. He was asked about being in the mix. And for a while, uh, he was at the top of the leaderboard by himself. And he was asked how would he assess the day? How how was his mentality heading into the final two holes? Uh, What made you feel so good uh, this week about your putting? And he talked more about working with Phil Kenyon on his putting. Then he was asked about, this is a former PGA champion, a major champion, about his confidence level right now. And the last question he was asked is, would you say you're playing better now than you ever have? Uh, and why do you feel that way? Here's Keegan Bradley. It was, it was weird. I, played, I didn't play my best golf today. Uh, it was choppy, and then I had a couple good stretches. But I had a chance there at the end. So I, you know, I, I'm proud of that aspect of it, but pretty bummed. I, I felt pretty good about this one. I figured... Par par would be a pretty good score, but I, you know, if you hit it in the fairway on 18, you got a decent shot at making a three. So I just, uh, just I hit that drive okay on the last hole, and it kind of just, if it comes a little bit further left in the bunker, I'm totally fine. Uh, but just wasn't my week to win. Well, when they go in, was when I feel happy about it, and they were going in, and I. I'm happy with where my game is at, uh, especially my putting. That's, geez, if I can putt like this, you know, I, I feel like I can do a lot of damage the rest of the year. He's helped me so much. He's helped. I, really, all we focused on is reading the greens, and I've been doing a little aim point, and, um, geez, my stats have really improved. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, wh- with where that is. It's the best it's been since I've had the belly putter, and it's not even close. So I feel like I can be even better than I was with that now with what I'm doing here. Yeah, I mean, I, geez, I, I played some really good golf on Thursday, uh, on Friday, Saturday in the bad weather. So I feel like I can, if you can play well on that, in, that on, in those conditions on this course, I think you can pretty much do it anywhere. Well, I just think my game is so so much it's so well rounded now. I I'm hit, I'm I'm much more precise with the, with where, how I'm hitting my shots and my you know my distance control is is night and day better since working with Darren May. And I just feel you know I just feel like if I keep putting myself in these positions, I hopefully I'll I'll convert one of them. Thanks, Keegan. Thank you. Keegan Bradley, he ended up finishing in a tie for second. It was a good showing. It was a good battle right up until the end. Max Homa ended up winning. For Max Homa, here here are the questions that he got asked. The first being, how does it feel to be called a four-time PGA Tour winner? And what does this do for your goals moving forward and for the rest of the season? He was asked, uh, you and your wife recently announced that you were expecting, and now you went on Mother's Day. How special is that? When you packed for this week, were you prepared for these conditions? It was so cold. Yesterday when they teed off, yesterday morning it was about 44, 45 degrees when, when everyone started to head out to the golf course. It was just flat out cold. Uh, you struggle with self-belief, but does this fourth win put that to the, the test or put that to rest, I should say. Is it important for your story that you got to the tour, went backwards, and then made it all the way back to the tour? And you seem to be getting a lot of fan support wherever you go. How important is that to you? That's the series. Here are the answers. It's crazy. Uh, feels really good. Uh, obviously seen some low spots on this tour, and for the last three years now, kind of finding my stride and, and 
racking up four wins is crazy. Uh, I think I was at TPC Scottsdale practicing in the back of the range uh, random day, and Nota Begay happened to uh, be back there, so we were chatting, and he said, you know, he's doing some Champions Tour stuff coming up, and he had just mentioned that, you know, you qualify by having four wins, and I was like, man, that's crazy. You know, it feels like a lot of wins, and I realized I was one away. So oddly, in the back of my head, all of a sudden, I was like, man, I, I could really use a fourth win. Uh, but it just feels good. Um, career's kind of settling down, and I'm settling into uh, myself as a golfer. Yeah, I care nothing. I care about nothing more than making that President's Cup team, so I'm really hoping Captain Davis Love III was watching today, or at least somebody messaged him about it. <laughs> but that's all I've really cared about. I'm not a big goal setter, uh, but Tour Championship and President's Cup, that's about all my focus has been uh, ever since I missed that Ryder Cup last year and the Tour Championship, so that that's uh, this, this goes a long way. Yeah, my, sometimes my life feels too good to be true, and this is one of those cases. Um, but it was cool, you know, I, I, we joke about it, but the perspective of knowing whether I won or didn't win, I'm going to have a little boy <laughs> come in with my beautiful wife, so uh, it's cool we won, but um, end of the day, I, that, that's going to be the biggest trophy. Yeah, I fortunately always pack my rain stuff. Um, I very fortunately packed a good attitude because I think that was almost more important than what I was wearing. Uh, today, uh, fortunately, my wife texted my agent, Matt, that I'm a terrible packer, and he sent me a little care package of you know, a beanie and some gloves and some hand warmers, uh, which I didn't end up using too much, but it was nice to know I had that in my back pocket. But yeah, when I looked at the forecast, it looked rainy. It didn't look like this. Um, but those two days in a row, Friday, Saturday, that was we don't get two days in a row like that often, especially without getting pulled off the golf course. And then today, I will say today was a little warmer than I thought it was going to be. So uh, I don't know if it was the adrenaline or what, but it felt all right. It's a continuing journey. I know I should be out here, but every level you get to in this game, there's always something coming next so like for John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler the last couple world number ones it's like you get there and now you have the entire world chasing you down so it's like what is you, you still have I'm sure some minor insecurities about that or thoughts of it so yeah as I started to establish myself on this tour when I won this event in 2019 I definitely knew I was capable of being a you know regular PJ tour player but then all of a sudden you know, last year I get in the top 50 in the world, and then as you start looking around, it's a new crop of people, and then you start thinking to yourself, am I as good as these guys? And then, you know, I want to be top 10 in the world, play President's Cup, play, play Ryder Cups. Am I good enough to do that? So I've always struggled with it, um, but I have great people around me who bash it over the head, bash me over the head, telling me that I am that guy. And um, I try to walk around this week believing that and faking it a little bit till I made it. And I will say, you know, I, I was with my coach Mark Blackburn last weekend in Alabama, and that was a big focus we had. And I will say that the faking it worked because I showed up today and I, I felt very tall. <laughs> to, I mean, for my story, yeah. I mean, it would be cool if I was Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Didn't do that. But, um, yeah, for me, I, it's, it's something I carry with me that I think is such a – it's powerful. I feel like other guys don't have that, um, and that's good for them. I'm glad they don't. But I saw, I saw eighteen thousand dollars in a year out here. I saw feeling very, very small, having literally no hope as to making, a, get, getting a top ten, let alone you know making a cut that season. So, I carry that because I've seen it, and I don't. You come out in the lead and. I'm three strokes up, now I'm one stroke up. I don't. I mean, it just doesn't 
doesn't phase me as much as I feel like it could because I've I know what bad is and my bad today was going to be making boatload of money and moving along to the PGA Championship in two weeks with a good chance to win um, if I keep playing like this. So I think that's something I I, I carry close to my chest because I, I think it's something that um, as much as nobody will want to have it, it's nice to have if you get through that that tough time. Yeah, I mean it's crazy what social media and podcasts can do for popularity but everywhere i've been going lately is has been wild uh the support i've gotten on the on the golf course um it it is kind of hard to believe um but i very much enjoy it uh but yeah i'm just gonna keep being me and if people want to cheer for it that's great uh and if not that's fine too but i've 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 really enjoyed my time with the fans and hearing the cheers. It really boosts me. I think it's really easy to be a fan of Max Homa. Obviously a good guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Do you know in eighth grade? Yeah, this is true. In eighth grade at his school's talent show, he did a stand-up comedy routine. No report on how it was received, but I bet it was pretty well received because he's a good dude. Uh, Congratulations to Max Homa on the win at the Wells Fargo Championship. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. They are the number one golf retailer in all of the land. They have more than 50 big, beautiful stores spread out from coast to coast. You can go into those stores and get your game tuned up for the spring and summer of 2022. And why not? They also have everything you could possibly think of for your golf game. And they're staffed by the very best, by true professionals vested in your best interest. Just log on to PGATourSuperstore.com and you can get started. At the British Masters, it was a return to form. It was a return to the winner's circle for Thor Bjorn Olesen. Yes, he has had his difficulties along the way, but it is good to see him back. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's two very long putts. Um, but yeah, some, somehow I just had so much belief on that 17 uh, that I could make it. Um, and just forced it in somehow, um, which was incredible. Um, great feeling to have, and especially with the crowds here. The, the British crowds has been amazing the whole week. Yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, everything was going left. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was tough to play when, when, when you have that shot in the back. Um, but yeah, I kept on fighting, and obviously I saw I still had a chance going up to, to, to 17. I mean, I thought if I can make birdie, birdie, maybe get into a playoff. Um, but then... Obviously, uh, I made that on, on 17. Uh, it's a nicer feeling walking down 18 then. And, uh, yeah, oh, this, this is very special. Um, it's been a tough few years. So, um, yeah, it's very special. No, it was amazing. Um, from Thursday on, um, I thought they were, they were really great for me and uh, supported me the whole way around, um, even though I'm from Denmark. But... It's like always when you come to Britain, there's just great support here for golf and uh, it's a great place to play. Oh, just with my partner, Lauren, and uh, my little son, Cooper, so yeah. Very cool for Thorbjorn Olsen. You heard him allude to the fact that it's been a tough few years with the, the trouble that he had with getting himself in trouble on the airplane and more. Glad to see that he's getting his life straightened out and professionally he's back amongst the winners. Remember when he first came out, he was tethered with Rory McIlroy. Both were the same company for endorsements, etc. Uh, both were similar size, very athletic, got themselves very strong. 
and it was thought that Thorbjorn was going to continue to ascend. Look where Rory McIlroy is now, and look all the things that he has gone through. So, like I said, it's good to see that he's getting his life back together again. Um, PGA Tour champions, congratulations to Steve Flesh, winning for the second time on that tour. The updates for PGA Tour champions are presented by Tour Edge. Log on to touredge.com, pound for pound, the best value and performance in the game of golf. And it is a victory once again for Steve Flesh on that tour. The Fairways of Life show is also presented by DeWiz. Uh, DeWizGolf.com is a great place that you can log on to and you can see that it's a wearable technology. I have it. Where is it on my table here? I've got it someplace. Uh, DeWiz is a wearable technology that works with neuroscience and it actually measures your swing in real time in space. It is fascinating. Uh, They've got some huge names associated with them already, including multiple major champions, and it is because the technology is so unique and because the technology works. DeWizGolf.com. Log on today, and you can get all of the information and find a way to work in your game that you have never found before. It is truly that special. DeWizGolf.com. Okay, when we come back, we're going to be joined by a dear friend, that is once again in the winner's circle, and we all could not be more proud or more happy. Stay with us. At Ben Hogan Golf, we do things differently. We handcraft our clubs to your specifications, and we only sell online so you don't pay retail markup. We make exceptional golf clubs and deliver them directly to your door. Now that's different. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. Hey, Bryson. What up? I was just going through Bridgestone's new online ball fitting. Pretty sweet, huh? Yeah, very cool. I just got fit to that new Tour BXS I've been playing. Nice. I got fit to the Tour BX. It's a little faster. Hold on. Here's Fred. Hey, guys. Am I doing this right? You've never looked better, Freddy. (laughs) Find your fit at BridgestoneGolf.com. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever because we are our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from callaway taylormade cobra titleist and more plus shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands experience golf's biggest selection under one roof don't just shop this season shop with the pros at the pga tour superstore the Fairways of Life show is live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time and 24-7 on demand as a digital radio and streaming television show. Download the Fairways of Life app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Log in to fairwaysoflife.com for more information. Are you an E or a C? Both have Ridgeback. These are loaded with tech. Which one are you gaming? Definitely E for me. It's just so forgiving. I'm definitely an E. C is for Cheka. What else? C is for kill it. C is me. Low spinning bombs. So, are you an E or a C? Hmm. I don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. 
This is the whiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One, zero, one. Gives you feedback in real time so you feel where you are in your golf swing. Transition, plus 4.2 inches. Length of back swing, 50.3 inches. The whiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. What is going on, folks? Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Absolute delight to have your company. You know, it's kind of funny with the modern technology, the way that it works, because, and it was definitely COVID that launched it, really, because in the old days, if you're doing a television show and you're hooking up with somebody, it had to be via satellite and all the rest. And now everyone was like, you know, we're okay with people hooking up through their mobile devices, whether it's a phone or whether it's, you know, an iPad or a computer or whatever it is. So just as we were coming back, our next guest started to adjust the camera on, on the computer. And everybody in the studio, they're like, oh, what's going on? It's okay. It's all okay. Although I will say, once you see the shot, I'm going to have Andrew go, go to a wide shot in a moment. Not yet, Andrew. Because I just, you know, we've got all these monitors here in the studio. And I looked up quickly and... The couch in the background looked to me like it might have been like pews because of the way the cathedral look. And then there's like bookcase. I actually thought our next guest was inside of a church. You be the judge. For those of you who've been following the Fairways of Life show, you are no doubt very familiar with the series that we have been doing for some years called Beyond the Ropes. It's something that Dom conceived and we put together maybe a decade ago now, and to be honest, when we were developing the idea, we did it for these exact moments right now, where we stand, sit today. And we couldn't be more excited about our next guest who won on tour a week ago. Don was sending me texts as we were both excited at home watching it. And he said he's never been so happy to see a player win an event ever. And I have to say, I felt the same way. It was so cool. Uh, the Beyond the Rope series has allowed us to get to know these tour players as people first, which is what our objective always was, and then share their extraordinary journeys with all of us. Uh, one, because we thought it was great entertainment, and two, because uh, these are extraordinary people. Three, because we thought it would be inspiring for anyone, all of us who are pursuing your own hopes and dreams. And that's all part of what makes this moment so very cool. Marina Alex joining us this morning after collecting her second LPGA Tour victory a week ago at the Palos Verdes Championship, something she readily admits was never sure uh, that it could happen again. The first time we talked to Marina was probably at least five years ago before she collected her first win. That came in at the Portland Classic in 2018 and before she went on to play her for Solheim Cup in Scotland. And for someone who wasn't super healthy the last time we spoke about a year ago, wasn't sure where her game was or when or what the future might hold, I would imagine an 11th place on the race to the CME Globe, 15th on the money list, 28th on the Rolex rankings, and once again a winner, and this time for the second time as mentioned on the LPGA. Sure sounds pretty good right now. Marina? Alex, welcome and congratulations. Good morning. Thank you so much. It's great to it's great to see you, Matt. How are you? It's awesome. I'm well, thank you. It's awesome to see you too. And I, I do notice that 
I'll let go ahead full screen on that one, Andrew. Let the people be the judge. If if you saw that in the background and thought there were pews for a second, it looks very church like. It does. I'm in the uh, living room of my godfather's house in New Jersey, which is where I'm staying this week um, for the tournament. You're you're you have relatives in New Jersey. Is a family from New Jersey? Yeah, so this is like a home game for me, kind of. Um, oh. I grew up about 15, 20 minutes from where we're playing this week at Upper Montclair Country Club. So the Founders Cup, which is now Cognizant, is part, the title sponsor. Um, we moved here last year in October. Uh, we played at a course called Mountain Ridge, which was incredible. And um, this year we've moved to Upper Montclair, which has hosted us, um, I think, maybe in 2007 or eight, uh, a couple years, the LPGA, they've had some champions tour events here. So we're coming back to uh, my neck of the woods. Awesome stuff. Very cool. All right. So let's get yeah. to some of the, the details here that, that we're all dying to know. As I mentioned, the sure. last time you were with us, you were in a lot of pain, Marina. Your, your back was killing you. Yeah. You weren't I sure a, how things were going. What, what happened? What'd you do? How you feeling? I feel great. Uh, knock on wood, which I think this table is wood. Um, you know, that, that kind of just stays, um, you, my back stays healthy. My body stays healthy. You know, that's, I realize like, it's really important. Um, when you're first out on tour and you're a kid, you know, 23, four, five, six, you know, I mean, and I sure everyone feels the same way, you know, you have a really easy bounce back from pretty much anything you do, you know, wake up the next day, feel great all the time. You know, really, you rarely have any physical ailments. Um, and I don't know, you know, since, uh, I don't want to laugh, but since I turned 30, I just feel like my body is just not responding. Um, but it's just been a diff, it's been a difficult journey for me. Um, a learning curve, a hundred percent. You know, I have changed a little bit of my lifestyle in terms of how much time I spend on rehab, you know, doing certain things every day, exercises, just, um, things that I would probably be like, eh, I don't feel like doing that. You know, it's boring or it's annoying, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, you kind of just like, uh, whatever, but I have to do it. You know, I have to be disciplined with it. And I, and I think it's really trying to kind of change my outlook and my perspective on like, if I want to keep playing, for however long that is, um, you know, and I, and I want to be competitive while I'm playing, like I have to take care of, of myself physically. And it's not that I didn't before, you know, I love working out. I love going to the gym, but there are obviously things in between that, you know, just require me to be more diligent with. And, and so I feel, I feel pretty good right now. And I'm hoping that, that, you know, that trend continues with, cause if I'm feeling good, then I feel like I am comfortable mentally, you know, not, feeling like I am doing anything to risk, you know, my back or anything else. In that final round, with what you did at 16, I'm I'm just curious about your mindset at that point that, you know, you didn't take your foot off the gas pedal. You, you, you continued to be aggressive and it paid off for you. But I'm just curious if you, if you could take us back to that moment, that hole, those shots and what your thinking process was. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, and I actually remember saying this on Saturday, and I don't remember who from the LPGA was asking me a couple questions about going into Sunday's round. And I had said that I, I felt that I had played 14 and 16, the two par fives on the back nine pretty poorly, you know, up until that point. 
I don't think I had birdied either of them any of the days. And I actually think I played them over par, uh, which to me is just, you know, like you can't do that. They were relatively easy scoring holes, I think, if you looked at the scoring average. And I probably was giving away shots to not only to the field, but definitely to the leaders, um, you know, in those holes, because I just wasn't capitalizing on on the easier birdie opportunity. So I said my goal for Sunday was to play was to have two birdie opportunities on both of them, like legitimately good ones um, and ultimately try and play those holes two under par. And I think that that would help me um, going into the last round because, you know, you kind of, you know, you need to take advantage when those holes present themselves. And I did it on 14 again. And I was pissed because I'm sitting there. I had a pretty basic number. I want to say it was somewhere between 66 and 68 yards pin was smack in the middle of the green. I mean, they didn't even give us something that was like remotely tucked or challenged or anything. And I'm like, okay, you know, we talked about, you know, I'm thinking to myself, all right. I mean, just hit a bad shot. You know, I had 25 feet. I was short of the flag. I was just pissed at myself because I'm like, that's not the birdie opportunity that we envisioned. Um, But I was like, all right, you know, whatever, make my par, go to the next hole. Um, That hole was kind of tricky 15. And I, and I felt like, I could maybe get a look there, but beyond that, um, 16 was going to probably be my only look the rest of the round because 17 was a tuck pin and 18 is, you know, was on tucked on the left and it depends on your drive and your angle. And just with how firm the greens were playing, it wasn't necessarily going to be an easy birdie opportunity. So I hit a great drive on 16 and my caddy and I were kind of deliberating on what club to hit. I felt like the girl that I was playing with, um, she had hit a three wood and Andrea and I just wasn't, I, we were kind of like hitting at similar distance all day. And I was kind of taking a peek when she was pulling, you know, the, the club out just to take a guess at what she was going to hit. Cause we were like maybe like 10 yards apart in the fairway. And um, it looked to me like it could have been a three wood. Like I wasn't sure she pulled off the head cover. And so I was thinking, okay, maybe I hit a five wood here, but my caddy was like, I don't, you know, let's, let's talk about it really quick because if you get this just to the front of the green or if you get it in the front right bunker, you know, those are pretty um, convertible up and downs. Like he was like, you can get, you can make a four from there. He goes, if we go over the back, you know, we, we have a much harder chance of making a four from over the back of the green. And I was like, okay, totally agree. And then he's like, do you feel comfortable, you know, that you can carry this hybrid? It's my four hybrid. He's like, do you think you can carry this about, you know, 180 to 185 in the air? And he's like, because that'll hit the downslope and it'll at least feed towards the front of the green. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, perfect. And, and, and so we did that. And I was able to take a little bit more of a right line because there's that water that kind of comes in front left of the green. So I, you know, we hit it right on the target line that we had talked about because it's a blind shot. So we kind of had to pick some tree limbs um, to aim at. And I, I, th- I hit it really nicely and probably a fair bit of adrenaline, if I'm being honest. Um, mm-hmm added a little bit more distance to that shot. And I think I carried it. I, I couldn't quite tell, but, uh, and I'm, I, I don't have, I never really looked at the replay, but um, I'm assuming it carried closer to the front of the green. Cause it got pretty much to the middle of the green, which is where Andrea's three wood head or five wood, whatever she hit had um, ended up. So that was a way better result than I was honestly expecting. I was expecting to need to work to get up and down from either the front right bunker or like the very front approach of the green. And the fact that I ended up having like, I would say 40 feet um, mm-hmm. really made made a difference. Cause I, I mean, I, my speed control all day, I felt great with my putter. So 
at that point I'm looking to, if it's, you know, not going to go in, it's hopefully going to be within a, you know, four or five foot circle of the hole. Yeah, it was absolutely. And then that was probably, that was probably one, probably one of the harder four or five footers that I had had (laughs) all day, if I'm being honest. It was just a tricky little read. You know, I was like doing my aim point. I was like, this is going right to left or left to right. It was kind of doing a little bit of both. So, uh, you know, and it's tough with the POA at the end of the day, you got a lot of foot traffic and just unevenness. So it makes putting a little bit more stressful. Um, But luckily I made a good stroke on it. And that definitely helped me for 17 and 18, just feel confident about, you know, two putting in the sense of like, you know, I don't, I, yeah, I felt like if I had 30 feet, I was going to be okay. Like I wasn't stressed about that. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I, I think the Thanks. LPGA official you were with was Sarah Callum, if I could, if, if I remember correctly, just judging from uh, the sound and the video that I saw. I'm curious about this, Marina, Alex. Yeah. When you were at, and I'm, I'm not trying to be overly dramatic to this, so you define it, but I'm going to use okay. this phrase and let you go where you please. When you were at the darkest of times in terms of how you were feeling and question marks just in general, how dark was it? How much were, were you actually questioning where you stood and what the future might hold? Yeah, like end of like 2020, end of 2020 into 2021 was not a great time. You know, it's just, it's funny. A lot of us joke and we joke like, oh, I need a week off. Oh, I don't want to play this week. You know, you're tired, whatever. You know, you just like, you need a break. You know, your brain isn't in the right place. I mean, that's pretty much like, uh, you know, you pull any average professional golfer, they're going to say at some point or another, man, I just want to go home, right? And then when you're home and you can't play, (laughs) it's funny how the brain switches and you're just like really upset and you're like, oh, I'm missing out. You know, we call it FOMO, fear of missing out. And I think that's kind of like a millennial term. I'm not really sure. But um, but that that FOMO is very real. You know, you're sitting there and you're just like, man, I wish I was there. You know, watching uh, in 2020 U.S. Open Tour Championship, I was so bummed because 2021 I had because of the COVID year, I actually got lucky and I got an extra year of eligibility to play Diamond Resorts as Mm -hmm. the 2018 Portland champ. And I couldn't, I I couldn't play. I mean, it just wasn't ready to play. And that really, that hurt. I was like, that's like my favorite event. I like just loved that. I love that tournament. It's, oh, now, excuse me, it's Hilton Garden or Hilton Grand. I'm not, I'm not positive. I don't want to, I don't want to upset the sponsor. Um, But at the time it was Diamond and, um, and yeah, I just, uh, man, that, that hurt. And then, you know, I went into all of 2021 and I just felt like at no point was I ever even remotely close to being in the place that I was prior to taking all that time off, whether that time off was COVID and injury, like whatever you want to say, it just was a lot of time off. And I just felt like maybe I was competitively kind of like lost forever in a weird way. Like maybe I was just going to be out there playing and that's great, but I never felt like I had it at that point through most of 2021. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to like really get back to maybe winning or being in contention to win or, you know, being right there in the thick of it. Um, it, it really was a little disheartening. Um, and then, you know, with some help from my 
my coaches, my parents, you know, my trainer's been amazing. My physical therapist has been amazing. And then like, I kind of like stumbled into working with Claude Harmon, which in its own way has been great too, because I think it really kind of, I have like a little bit of new purpose. I think I was just a little lost if I'm being honest. And I don't think I like looking back on, I would ever have admitted that in the moment. Cause I felt like I had everything kind of under control and I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, it's all good. But I think I really needed to like change a couple things up and I just didn't think that I did because, you know, that the system before had worked and just because I was injured and just because COVID happened, like, why wouldn't I just go back to the same system? But in reality, it just wasn't um, producing what I needed. So I think like this change, especially with working with Claude um, and my old coach was fantastic. You know, he really, he really was, but just too hard for me to communicate with him because he lives in Australia. So finding Claude who's nearby and it made, you know, traveling to him so much easier for me physically, which, you know, that's become a little bit of a thing I have to pay attention to. Like if I have a really long travel period, whether I'm going across the country or whatever, you know, I kind of need like a little bit of rehab work before I even think about playing. So to go travel to see an instructor, you know, it's kind of like not really something that I could afford to keep doing. And so working with Claude was just, it kind of was just like a perfect situation. Um, and he's made some really awesome changes with me. And I think that kind of motivated me starting this year to be like, okay, I've worked on my swing. I'm hitting the ball better. I have, you know, a little bit more of a process and a little bit less of like a result that I'm worried about. And, you know, they, it's that cliche, you know, focus on your process, the results will happen. And that is the truth. Um, so that does work for all those people out there who think maybe it doesn't, it does. Why did you say you stumbled into working with Claude Harmon, if I may? What, how do you yeah, stumble into working no, with No, I just coach? like, I, I just didn't know what to do. You know, I was kind of just at this point where, you know, my previous coach, Ian Triggs, like he is a wonderful guy, but, you know, he's stuck in Australia. I'm not going there. He's not coming here. I'm like kind of thinking like, what do I do? Who do I work with? Uh, I was chatting about it with my dad and my dad's like, okay, well, let's like, you know, who in this South Florida area where you live is like someone that you would maybe want to work with. Like I I shortlisted a couple names. He was one of them. Um, I didn't, I knew he didn't work with any females at the time. And that's, I'm mistaken on that. He actually had been working with Pajari, a girl on the LPGA. I just didn't realize it. Um, So he was, Uh, she was his only female student. So I just thought maybe he wasn't going to be overly available. Like, I just wasn't sure. I had no idea because I didn't know him. So I contacted another tour friend of mine, Mel Reed, who had practiced out the flow, the Floridian, excuse me, where um, Claude teaches. And I was like, do you think that he would be open to this idea? And she's like, let me text him. And then here's his number. And so she texted him and he was like, yeah, just have her shoot me a message. So we, we texted and then he put me on the schedule like pretty shortly after that, within a couple of weeks, it worked out, went for my first lesson. Um, and then I was like, okay, like hopefully I'll see you in a couple of weeks, you know, played a few tournaments, felt like I was like, okay, I kind of like what we're working on. Like, like what we're working on, I can, tef- I can definitely play golf with, you know, competitively. That's kind of the, for me, I'm a pretty simple person. Like I understand the technique. I understand all of that. I, I can get as technical as you want, but at the end of the day, I can't play with technical swing thoughts like at all. You know, I need to, I need one or two very basic biomechanical motions that, you know, 
that don't seem complicated. And that's basically all I need. And so as we were getting further along in our relationship, I realized like this was kind of like the perfect thing for me. Um, so yeah, I felt like it was a bit of a stumble. You know, I just, it, the timing worked out, you know, he could have texted me back being like, I'm busy or I, you know, my book doesn't open for the next two months, you know, in which case I would have probably like tried to figure something else out. Well, we got a couple things for you here. First of all, I've got your back. Yes. It's the Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions because you're going back. Thanks. Yeah, I am going back. <laughs> no more Diamond. Sorry, Diamond Resorts. Thank you for the wonderful years. And we are now Hilton Grand, and it will be grand. It'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm excited. Do you go to the, when you're in town, do you go to the theme parks when you're in Orlando, or what is it that fires you up so much? Oh, no. No? No, no. I just love the – no, the theme parks. That's like – no, you want me to – no, that's like a back injury waiting to happen. <laughs> We're not doing any of those roller coaster rides. No, I think what I love is the format so much. Um, it's amazing meeting all of these different athletes. Um, you know, you've got country music artists. You have just uh, people in different worlds of life coming to play golf. I love playing with them. You know, they bring just a different energy. It's so much fun. I love to see, especially from the athlete standpoint, it's like they found this second love of golf competitively. And it's like mm -hmm. you can see that they are, you know, going through a lot of what we as professional golfers probably have gone through in like the beginning stages of our career, whether it's like the junior college and into the beginning of the pro levels where you're just like trying to figure out how competitive golf really works. And you see their wheels turning, like the frustration, but also like the eagerness to improve. And, you know, they just, they're, they're really passionate about playing golf, which I, I love that, you know, and they're having a great time out there. I, I just think it's the coolest thing. I really do. And I think it just brings such an awesome audience to women's golf. It's a totally different format. You know, there were years I played, I don't think I ever played with anyone else on the LPGA. Like I would just be partnered with two of the celebrities for four days. And I, I made, mm. I had a blast. I really did. Very cool. Uh, Marina Alex is our guest, fresh off her most recent victory. So I'm curious, Marina, you went a few years ago for the first time. And again, in between that, you have Solheim Cups and, and, and you have had a series of significant successes in your career. Then the hard times come. Now you've won again. What was more significant? Is it to win or is it to win again? I actually think it's the second one around. Um, and I don't know, like this is, if I'm being brutally honest with myself, um, injury or no injury, like let's say, you know, none of that even really happens. Um, I think you kind of maybe doubt yourself as a player a little bit. You know, you had the win, but maybe you don't get the second win. And maybe you feel like the first win is not like you're a one-hit wonder, but maybe in some way you are. So that is like a little bit of a weird ego confidence conflict where, you know, I think that second win really just kind of, if you're talking personally speaking, I don't know how any of the rest of the fans or golf world or whatever views it. I mean, and I'm not totally living and dying by what they believe or think of me, to be honest, but to myself personally, I think it really feels like, okay, like I am an LPGA player, but I'm a two-time LPGA championship champion, which 
is a little bit more, I don't know, it's just, it sounds better in so many ways because you feel like the first time wasn't, I don't want to say a fluke, but you know, it wasn't. Um, and so I think that gives you like some incredible confidence and just like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing for me personally, for the rest of my career to say, yeah, I've, I've won two times. Um, and whatever, whatever happens after is like, I tell people it's gravy at this point, you know, I'm in my ninth year, um, next year will be my 10th season. You know, that's that in itself is an amazing accomplishment. I think mm -hmm. for any player, man or woman who steps out and says, I've played professional golf at the highest level for a decade. You know, that's, that's impressive. It doesn't matter if you've had any wins or not. That's a pretty, um, it's a pretty hard thing to accomplish. So yeah, I think from here on out, I'm just taking the rest of what I, I get as um, icing on the cake. Love it. I love the way you balance your emotions uh, with everything uh, that you're doing and the stage you're on. And I particularly love the fact that you don't allow yourself to be consumed about everybody else's opinions of you in this era when they seem to yeah. come fast and furious through various forums. I, I am going to ask you before we wrap up today, as, as I like to do, about what message of inspiration you have for other people that are pursuing whatever goals they are in their life. But before I get to that, I, I want to ask you about your sponsors as well, obviously to spread some love to them for helping you do your thing. Do you want to tell us who you're associated with? Yeah, I mean, we have the crew. It's a strong crew, some of which have been with me since the onset of my career, uh, which is wild to say, you know, Pilot Pen, um, Golfer Her, Christina Thompson, that's her company. Um, Kroll, which was formerly Duff and Phelps, um, you know, they've all been with me since I've been um, a rookie, 2014, which is unbelievable. I mean, I have amazing relationships with them. Um, I'm a UKG athlete, which has been since 2020. So we're going in like three years with them. They are in a fantastic company to work with. They have some incredible initiatives. You know, they're really trying to work on um, the balance between genders as far as pay equity. Like that's a passion project for them. Um, you know, I, I see their workplace, but they want to transition that into athletics as well. Um, so I love, I love being one of their athletes. All of the, my sponsors are just, they're great companies, and I'm so, like, proud to be their ambassadors. Um, recently, a Maui Gym ambassador. Uh, that's why I've been wearing these blue lights out on the golf course. But um, it's, nice. a, it's a perfect mix for me because I just don't like, I don't like the tint of sunglasses. But anyone who knows me, I have terrible eyesight, and the sun has really been um, taking a number on my, uh, my vision. So I have, these glasses are UV and blue light protectant, so it's, Pretty much, I'm getting the benefits without the um, the, the tint deal because um, it's just easier for me to read the greens and and play golf that way. So, yeah, um, I got my little nerdy glasses, um, you know, and I, <laughs> uh, you know, been a, um, a <laughs> titleist, golf ball loyalist my entire life, um, and actually, I, I made a little bit of a switch in my uh, my iron shafts and my putter uh, the last couple events, you know, I started with this sick SIK putter and LA golf. They've been a great, um, you know, they're trying to get into the women's game and, and the men's game. And, um, th those are the shafts that I've been using in my irons and my putter. And I, I mean, it's definitely making the difference. So I, I thank all of these wonderful companies for, uh, being behind me this, this whole way. Very cool. Marina, Alex. Okay. So the last thing I, I wanted to ask you as promised was, 
uh, whether it's injury or whether it's circumstance, there are people that have their own goals and their own dreams. And as you know, one of the reasons we love to bring you and others on is because you help people connect to those goals and dreams. What message do you have for those people out there that have something they're harboring in their heart that they're chasing? Yeah, you know, it's going to be, um, there's going to be great moments and then there's going to be setbacks. You know, I think I've looked at my career um, from junior golf to college to professional. And my dad will say this and he always reminded me of this. He's like, you know, you get a little bit better at each step of the way. You know, he's always said that to me. And, and I, that was the truth. You know, um, my first couple of years on tour were a little difficult, but I felt like I was improving and improving and improving. And that culminated, um, you know, 2018, 2019. And then obviously I had a setback and that was my first time really dealing with um, a large setback. You know, there's a lot of minor ones along the way where your game gets off or, you know, you're not in the right headspace, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of going through your own little struggles, but I guess the COVID plus the back injury that kind of just derailed me, I guess in total, it's, it was about 12 months. Um, that really was a, something I had not dealt with before in my life. And so what I will say is you're going to probably deal with something that is difficult and everyone is capable of getting through it. Um, you just have to really lean in on, you know, your support and that's your family and your friends and the people that are closest to you. And I think it's very, very important to have, um, even if it's one or two, you know, just to have people there for you that you really can be yourself with. And I think being, you know, yourself is an extremely important thing to not only just success, but just figuring out how to get through, you know, what it is that is, is the struggle. Because if you're, you know, in denial, or you don't want to face it, or you're trying to be a tough guy, or whatever that case may be, you know, that is only going to get you so far, but you really need to figure out, you know, how to overcome and move past it. And I think that means being really honest with yourself. But that also, that's pretty a vulnerable thing. So you have to have some people around you that you feel that with, um, you know, no judgments and, and no, you know, you know, just having that opportunity to, to work through something with someone else is a, is a special thing, but you kind of do need it. Support system is so important. So too is the perspective. So too is the attitude not giving up. And that's exactly what Marina Alex did when she went through some very serious physical Pain. Yeah, Here she, it may take yeah. it may take longer or it may take you know a short amount of time. It just you know everyone's different. Their trajectories are different, um, and their struggles are different. And some people deal with a lot of adversity, and some people don't deal with a lot of adversity at all. I mean, that's just life. You know, everyone's dealt different scenarios, and I think that you know you just need to um, you know figure out your way to get through it. But also, you got to you, you know, and I've what I've learned through this is actually to be pretty mindful of other people. And, you know, if they're going through something, um, you know, to either be there for them or to at least not put a pretense on, you know, what it is they're going through serious or not, you know, little or big, you know, it could be huge to them. Um, and that's, you know, that's the only thing that really is, I guess, what matters because if, you know, you have to be, I guess, mindful of how other people are, are going through their lives. Marina, Alex, Joining us live from New Jersey today, she knows a guy. Yes, home state, <laughs> I do. <laughs> let, let me let me hear you say, 
Let me hear you say forget about it. No. <laughs> you can't do it? I can. I don't want to. <laughs> We're perpetuating stereotypes. Come on. <laughs> it is New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> say you did it. It, it is, is New Jersey. But the funny thing is about New Jersey, a lot of people don't know, is there are parts of that state, like the whole Jersey Shore, uh, if when, you, when you get out west, because I'm up from that area, there, New Jersey has some absolutely yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous areas. There's a reason why everybody comes from Philadelphia and gets the, gets the beach houses on the Jersey Shore. It's a very, for a tiny state, it is really a, a very complex um, landscape, I will say. You know, you have like your very, very urban areas where you're like just outside New York City, everything's super developed, um, you know, not a lot of green grass, not a lot of anything. And then as you go west, as you head towards Pennsylvania, north to south, it is just, you know, you have horse country, um, the it's beaches gorgeous. are really beautiful. It is, it's gorgeous. Um, south Jersey is wide open. I mean, it's just, it's a very, it's like two states in one state. There's North Jersey and then there's South Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like three when you've got the western half where you said it's it's the higher ground, True. the horse yeah. country and all the rest. But, but yeah. the funny thing is, is calling it a tiny state, it's not tiny when you're driving it from north to south. It seems to go on forever when you're doing that drive. It takes you like five hours because of traffic. <laughs> yeah, especially the Garden State Parkway starts to back up for you and all the rest. Uh, Marina Alex... We are so proud of you. We are so happy for you. Uh, we already were proud of you, regardless of, of the second win. But Thanks just so much, the tenacity that you've shown uh, has been amazing. We wish you the very best in, in the church pews today. Uh, we, we hope that you have continued success Thanks. by your definition. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to see you. Thanks. That was Marina Alex Thank joining you. us live. See ya on this uh, Monday morning. Uh, some news did come out as the as news cycles continue to pump out information about Live Golf Investments. Uh, last week, when I was working for uh, PJ Tour Entertainment on ESPN Plus, you may have seen the video about Sergio. His ball went left on number ten into the penalty area, and he got a bad timing. They, they started the timing before he jumped over. It, it's it was a stream, but it was almost more like a river because of all the, all the flow. He had to get across that. And he kind of stepped across the stones, and by the time he got there, he, he was he was over by just over a minute. That was a bad timing. He was upset. He he kind of defaulted into the petulance at times that we see from Sergio. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, "I'm I'm glad to be to be done with you guys." We assume that that's all relative to Live Golf and what's going on with them. All of that's going to be coming to its head very, very soon because their first event is going to be outside of London coming up in June. But it's this week that the European Tour has to let those players know if they're going to issue a release to participate in the event. It is expected that the PGA Tour is going to issue the releases to let players compete in that event. However, when the Live Golf Series comes to Portland, into the United States, the PGA Tour has a policy that they say they do not issue releases for competing domestic events. So again, I'd say we're going to see how that plays itself out. But if I had to guess, I would say that the tour probably is just going to sit back and go, people saying, what action are you going to take? The PGA Tour has the luxury of sitting back and going, what do you mean? We don't have to take any action. These are tour members. They've signed on as members of the tour. And one of the provisions that they have agreed to is that we do not release players to compete in competitive domestic events. 
And then it's going to come down to rather than the tours taking action per se, it's going to come down to the players taking action. And then if something happens from a disciplinary standpoint, from the tours perspective, they don't release that information. So it's just, you know, taking a look at the pieces, uh, the Telegraph reported that Martin Keimer uh, will be participating in the Live Golf event as well. So, you know, former world number one and multiple time major champion there, uh, participating. So we'll see how this continues to develop and how this continues to churn. PXG.com is a great place to get started to see all of the wonderful products that PXG has on offer. Uh, That includes the new Gen 5 clubs, which are absolutely packed with technology. They're sitting right over here next to me every day that that I'm on the air. I'm going to hold this up so you can see it. Uh, special tungsten waiting, the way everything has been built, the way that everything has been designed, more importantly, the way that all of this is customized to you and your golf swing is just part of what has set separating PXG from all the rest. There are different models. Uh, if you if you check out some of, uh, if you go to Fairways of Life on our YouTube page, for example, I've done features on all of the different models and which model might be right for you. And this comes down to the width of the flange. It comes down to the weighting. It comes down to, to how long the face is versus the height, the top line, all of these different factors that go into which iron is right for you and why for your ability at the game or how good you want to become at the game. Get better at the game. Get perhaps the best you've ever been with proper fitting and with proper equipment and maybe that is with these clubs right here that I'm holding in my hand. This is the Gen 5. This is the 0311T model, and they are absolutely gorgeous. This is the model that most of the tour players are playing on the various tours around the world. Uh, thank you as well for your company on this Monday, folks. It has indeed been a pleasure. We're looking forward to sharing time with you again tomorrow as we march through the week. Uh, we got a great response to Mike Wan on the national show this past weekend, the Fairways of Life national broadcast. Uh, this weekend, we're going to have Nick Price joining us on the program, a World Golf Hall of Fame member, and we're really excited about that. I'm also going to be hosting again this week on ESPN Plus for PGA Tour Live. I'm looking forward to that, too. So, so many things going on in our world. I know you've got a lot of things going on in yours. We wish you great success, and once more, we thank you for your time. Have a great one. Bye for now. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com. I guess, hello world, huh? (laughs) And with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. The Fairways of Life show is live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time and 24-7 on demand as a digital radio and streaming television show. Download the Fairways of Life app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Log in to fairwaysoflife.com for more information. Premium golf equipment doesn't have to be expensive. At Ben Hogan Golf, we design and custom build our clubs and sell them directly to you. 
and you can try any club for just 25 bucks at BenHoganGolf.com. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG Golf Clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do, period. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comforts served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. 